And so Exodus chapter number 20, and uh, we are not going to read down through all 17 verses here that start and deal with uh, what we call today the Ten Commandments. And I know that these are the ones that are emphasized, and these are the ones that we, we spend most of the time speaking about. But uh, if you were to go back and read through the scriptures, and I do not have a list of them, I've been told there's over 600 of them. And so you can memorize these 10, or if you want to go for the complete list, and uh, I prefer to go with what Jesus said over there in the New Testament, love the Lord thy God and love thy neighbor as thyself, okay? And uh, we are going to lay a foundation today. If you would like to start uh, reading ahead, studying, getting your mind wrapped around it, But uh, I don't believe I've done this in the nine and a half years since we started the church, but I'm going to preach through the Ten Commandments, and we are going to look at each and every one of them, but then not just the commandment for back with the nation of Israel, but where and how is that applicable for today? And so, so, so many times we look at Old Testament law and we disregard, um, may I say, in practice, we disregard what God says back here because we say, well, that's not for today. And uh, well, I believe the, the, that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, okay? Now, some of the Scriptures, he divided it into four ways. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And uh, so we look at Scripture, not all of its doctrine, but some of it may be teaching us how to live right. And some of us, some of it may be teaching, someone said about the, the correction and instruction, that the correction is, is how to get right, instruction, instruction how to stay right. And uh, so when we look at it, so I do want to come back and uh, you say, how many messages? Guess what? How many, how many messages you think are going to be? It's going to be at least 12 right now. And uh, not right now at this moment, okay? But I'm just, okay, everybody take a breath, okay? And uh, we're just going to lay some groundwork right now and uh, be able to look at this, but not 12 right now. But uh, we're going to look at some groundwork, and then we're going to dig into these and make application. Because I found out this, if these do get nailed down, you can use these for, for soul winning. And uh, someone says they're not a sinner, they haven't done anything bad, just start going down through the Ten Commandments and see how many they've broken. And then say, okay, you need a Savior, you've broken the law, okay? And so I want to look at it, what I want to look at is the first two verses today, and really, like I said, just lay the foundation. The Bible says in chapter 20 and verse number 1, it says, "...and God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt." out of the house of bondage. You say, well, pastor, there's not much in those couple verses. Well, there's more in those verses than what we acknowledge sometime. And I want to share just really by way of introduction, um, as we look at these two verses before we get into uh, the actual Ten Commandments that are listed here, and I will go ahead and say this, that uh, we are not going to eliminate any of the commandments that are here in the Scriptures like some religions do when we're not supposed to have any graven images, okay? 
And so we are going to keep them in order, looking at them, and then what the application is uh, for us nowadays. But I want you to see this first, because so many times when we begin looking at the Scripture, or if there is a command that is given, and especially on the human side of things, we usually make statements like this, well, who do you think you are telling me what to do? I've actually had that statement made to me um, in relationship to some biblical principles that were being put forth. Well, you're not going to tell me what to do. Okay. We can still go back and look at the scripture. This is what the Bible says. It's not with me. But I want you to see this, that I want you to see the quality of the person that is actually giving these commandments. And I believe we need to remember who our marching orders come from when it comes to spiritual things. He starts off in verse number two and says, I am the Lord thy God. This is not coming, listen, this is not just being handed down and some things that Moses went up into Mount Sinai and said, well, I'm going to stay up here for 40 days and I'm going to come up with a list of do's and don'ts for the nation of Israel to be able to follow. When Moses was able to step before the people, the nation of Israel, it was not the the words of Moses that were coming forth, but literally it was the words of the Lord, the words of God that were being put forth. And it would do each and every one of us good to understand that the Bible that you hold on to, whether you're reading it, whether you're turning the pages, whatever it may be, when you look at that scripture, understanding it is still a holy and divine book that has been given by God Almighty. I'm not one that believes that this is just a book like every other book that's ever been written. It's still the number one bestseller around this world. It is, listen, it's the only book that I've ever seen that when a, a tribe or, or a foreign people or a people group somewhere finally get a copy of this in their language that they mob to it and begin to kiss it and hold it to their chest because they cherish it so much. And here we get done and throw it in the back seat. And we've got 18 copies of it that if I can't find that one, I'll grab another one. There was a lady that was handed a Bible over on a street corner in Lithuania back in 1992. And she was handed a complete Bible. She took that Bible she held it close to her, began kissing it, and began weeping. And through the interpreter, she made this statement. She said, I never thought that I would be able to hold another copy of it. And she said, over 50 years ago, she said, communism came in. And she said, that book was outlawed. And they went house to house, and every copy of the Bible that they were able to find, they took them, they burned them. It was against the law. She said, but I remember, she said, sitting on my grandmother's knee, 
And she said, my grandmother opening up this book and being able to read it to me when I was just a little girl. And she said, I never in my life thought that I would be able to have a copy of my own that I could bring my little grandbaby and put him on my knee and be able to read this exact same book to my grandbabies like my grandmother read to me. I believe it would be good for us to be able to understand that this still is a divine book. I believe that the Lord has given it to us. It is God's word. You say, well, it's not like any other book I've ever read. Exactly. Listen, this book has the power to be able to change lives. It has the power and gives the message to be able to save a soul for all of eternity. This is God's love letter that has been given directly from the throne of heaven for us to be able to have today. Now, understanding who he is, but I want you to take it from just out there in a supernatural realm to what God said to Moses to be able to say to the people. He said, I am the Lord. And look at this little pronoun right there, thy God. You say, what's so big about that little three-letter word? He just made himself personal to each and every one of us that this is not just some higher power. Listen, we know who the higher power is. If they'd get back to it, they'd change their lives. We understand who he is, but he's, he's not just some power that's out there that cannot be known whatsoever. But when God's speaking to us, he says, I am the Lord thy God. Aren't you thankful that, listen, we have him personally with us today. I'm thankful that I don't just have to say he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But you know what we can say today? We can pick out three. He's the God of Bruce, Kevin, and Mike. Well, aren't you thankful for that today? Now, they're by no means patriarchs of a nation. But just as much as God was God to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, is he is just as much God to each and every one of us today if we're his child. He's not a respecter of persons. And I thought, listen, he understands and he conveys to us on the position and the person that is given these commands. And we'll see this as we trace it throughout the scriptures. You say, well, that's just Old Testament. I'm not going to listen to that. I'll give you a little bit of homework. What's the only one of these 10 that actually wasn't reiterated over in the New Testament? We'll get to that. Don't worry. But every one of them, the truth that is given here was given by Almighty God. And these truths that were given were just as good for the nation of Israel as a people. And guess what? They're just as good today for the church of the living God. And so we see the authority by which this message is given and understand when this is put forth, this is not the message of Peter Chamberlain. This is the message of God in heaven. I am the Lord thy God. But then I want you to see this. He actually gives this based upon the blessings and where he's brought the people from. He shows who he is. I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Now, I believe that this ties into with that little uh, pronoun, thy. 
thy God, which brought thee out. Listen, this is the God that not just has the authority over all universe, but may I say this when it's made personal to each and every one of us, this is the God that has the authority in your life because of what he's done for us. Now, what's amazing, and we're not going to get into the entirety of the, the history that's here, but do you understand, by the time this is given, and Moses walks down off the mountain, now we all know what takes place if you read ahead a few chapters, by the time he comes down off the mountain, they've already broken these commandments. In fact, he walks down, and we were talking about it, about, hey, you wonder, did God write all of the law upon tablets of stone for Moses to bring down? That would have been some small writing. Everything that we have here and Moses trying to carry that all down off the mountain, that'd be something. When he walks down, of course, he sees and hears and knows that they've broken the commandment. What's the first thing Moses does with the, does with the, the tablets? Breaks them on the ground. I wonder what the Lord thought about that. I just wrote them for you with my finger. I, I just carved them out. And he had, went back up there and God did it all over again for him. He doesn't just break them. He grinds them up into dust and spreads it out there on the, on the water and then makes all those that have broken the commandments now drink of the water. And we see this, but I want you to see, he, God reminds them, I'm the God which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Do you understand when he comes down off the mountain, they are actually forming a golden calf. You know why? Now he's reminding them, I'm the one that brought you out of the land of Egypt. They're making a golden calf saying, make us a God to take us back to Egypt. A little side note that I could preach for the rest of the message here and remind us that the gods that you make up in your life will never deliver and take you places that God Almighty will take you and deliver you from. Never will. And we understand on who is given this, and we understand physically where he's delivered us from. As we look at the message of the Scriptures, understand it is God who hath delivered us. But then look at this. I believe we can make the application. He describes what's taken place in Egypt. I brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. It's not that they were just living in Egypt in vacation land. But he says, I've delivered you from this physical land, but from this bondage physically and spiritually that you've been living under for the past 400 years. That's the God that is given these commandments. You say, no, pastor, what's that for us? We're not living in Egypt. We're not in bondage. Now, the spiritual application, we look at it. Listen, this is God Almighty that gave us this book. Not just the God out there somewhere that we can have no relationship with, but this is the God, listen, that delivered my soul. And he's the God that's delivered me out of the house of bondage, that which holds you captive on a daily basis and you surrendering to sin in your life. Listen, there's a God in heaven that's delivered you, desires to deliver you, and have preeminence in your heart and life. You say, Pastor, why are you emphasizing that so much? Because listen, when we come back to the scripture, it's not just another book. It's not just words on a page that we can choose to regard or disregard based upon its importance. 
It comes supernaturally from God Almighty. It is his book. That's why we call this God's word. That's why we call it the Holy Scriptures. I understand the term Bible's never in the Bible. Okay, you don't read the word Bible in the Bible. You read Scriptures. And we look at this throughout the Scriptures, and a Bible is just a correlation. It's just a book, okay? It's all of them collated together. Aren't you glad God put it all together for us? But I want you to understand who's giving this in our lives, because so many times we look at things when God is trying to tell us how we ought to live and how we ought to practice things in our lives and how we ought to be, and we say, well, that's just man's opinion. Now, listen, there's a whole lot inside churches nowadays that are man's opinion. And I'll be the first one to tell you, man's opinion's not Bible doctrine. Man's opinion's like armpits, okay? I've heard that one before. Any y'all heard that one? Everybody has a couple of them, and everybody thinks everybody else's stinks. <laughs> opinions. We all got them. But I'll say this. I'd rather have a whole lot more than opinions. I want to be able to go back and look and say, thus saith the Lord. You know why? Because then the authority's not in me. The authority's in the Scripture. I had a, I've, had, I've had several conversations in the past few weeks and recently, some of the conversations I've had, and they're tougher conversations, and I, I, I won't even allude to what the subject matters are. Tougher conversations that I've sat down, and I've said, let me ask you a question. First of all, are you a child of God? And they, they've given testimony that they're a child of God. And I said, okay. I said, how do you know that you're a child of God? And, of course, they go back to the Bible. Well, the Bible says, and they'll, they'll give Scripture. I'll say, okay, and I can't shake you off that. I can't, I can't make you doubt that. I can't tell you to give it back. No, because the Bible says. I said, okay. I said, let me ask you something. I said, you believe that because the Bible says it. I said, now, for the rest of this conversation, are you willing to have the same authority in your life? You say, what do you mean? Are you willing to obey it and believe it because it's what the Bible says? Not because of what I'm telling you. Not because of my opinion. I can give you my opinion all day long. It's not going to change a thing. But I said, are you willing to have the same authority because God said it? Not because pastor said it. And I look over at the scriptures and I want us to understand, listen, and we'll get into it in a couple weeks. But when he says in verse number three, thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's not pastor saying it. That is God Almighty. That is the God who spoke everything into existence. That is the God that lives outside of time, and He is eternal, eternal past, eternal future, even though we can't really put those segments of time on the word eternal. He's just always been. And he always is and always will be. That's the authority by which we approach the scriptures. He said, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. So when we look at the scriptures, understand, listen, he's a personal God. He's the one that's delivered us. Is there anybody here that's already saved themselves for eternity? I just didn't know, because if you, you've done that, I'd like to know how you did that, okay? He's the one that saved us. 
You know something? He's not just the one that saved us. He's the one that keeps us. You know, it really wouldn't be fair to give us an eternal salvation that's impossible to get and then depend upon us to keep it. I mentioned this a few weeks ago, but I read a statement an old preacher said that it's kind of prideful to believe that you have to keep your own salvation and you still have it. Well, I'm doing good enough to keep salvation. Seriously? It's God who did that. Now, physically for the nation of Israel, he brought them out of Egypt. He brought them out of the house of bondage. How many of us could look back and say, you know something? Here's where God's brought me from. Here's where God's delivered me from. Here's the victories that God's given to me in my life. Now, listen, when God says something, I believe we ought to pay attention to it. And I want us to look at what the scriptures have to say over the next several weeks. Now, I've never, I've never done this. I've never gone back and preached through the Ten Commandments. We've made mention of them. I want to dig into them, and I want to make the application because, listen, I still believe the Word of God is relevant today for each and every one of us, and I believe that we'd do well. And so, yes, there'll be at least 12, okay, because I still got Ten Commandments to go through. And then I'm not going to tell you what my 12th message is, okay, because I don't know. I'm just kidding. I got it all outlined. I'm ready to go. I know what we're preaching, okay? But I want us to look at him. So if you need to, listen, go ahead. You say, listen, what about these four-letter verses? Are you going to have a whole message on that? We are. Okay? When he says, thou shalt not steal, some of y'all misunderstand what that really means. We're going to have to really dig into that because you're not getting it. Who's stealing in our church? Do we have thieves? Can I say this? It's wonderful. Do you understand that this was all given to be able to show us that we can't keep it? I'm not going to ask who here has kept all Ten Commandments and you're perfect in it today. You know which one I always come back to? Thou shalt not steal. And you know what I always think of? I'll hit every one of the kids right now, every one of the teenagers. I became a master. And I don't know why and who invented a crystal candy jar or a cookie jar, but do you know how impossible it is to get the cover off one of those and put it back on and mom and dad not hear that because I was stealing a cookie? Oh, no, that doesn't matter. Really? Amazing what Proverbs says about a child, what they say to their parents. It's not, it's not, it's nothing. It is something. We're going to look at it, but I wanted you to get today. Listen, the authority in which it's given is the authority of God Almighty.